Also, I may have COVID in the last like hour, so my voice may just go. So we'll see how that goes. That should be the cold open for the episode. Okay. Welcome back to EnterTheRealWorld.com. This is the Tape Crusaders episode. This <laughs> is a Batman podcast. My name is Matt Waters. I am joined, as always, for the Tape Crusaders by Mike Thomas. Mike, how the hell are you? It has been a very long time. Too long. Way too long. Yeah. Was uh, it the Snyder Cut? I think so. Jesus, because uh, we bailed on the Christmas special and yep. Spider-Man and yep. The Matrix. Devoted listeners, you yeah. may be wondering... What happened? I saw The Matrix, Matt saw Spider-Man, and... <laughs> we just... Like Montagues and Capulets, we cannot meet in the middle. Um, uh, we'll we'll sort yeah. that out. I will watch we'll Matrix We'll figure that out soon. eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a Batman movie, so Mike and I can, can socialise again. We just store up, like, nine months <laughs> worth of conversation, and then uh, Batman releases and we can talk about it. So yeah, The Batman came out, Matt Reeves' own. My first Matt Reeves movie... I liked what I saw. I don't know if if there are better ones than this, but yeah. Written by Reeves and Peter Craig, who wrote Mike Thomas's some of his favourite movies, Bad Boys for Life, The Town, two oh, Hunger yeah. Games movies, you know, okay. all of your favourites. I mean, Bad Boys for Life and The Town, those are, yeah. those are legit. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm joking about the latter, but yeah, those first two. I haven't yeah. seen Bad Boys for Life, but I heard good things and I love The Town, so. This is going to sound ridiculous. I did not know Matt Reeves directed the first Cloverfield. Uh, I didn't either, but that is true. He also wrote the Steven Seagal movie Under Siege 2, which yes. is one of those movies that is on, like, United States, like, cable channels uh-huh. all the time. I, for whatever reason, growing up, I guess my brother recorded that off TV, so we had a VHS of that, and I just, I watched that a fuckload, not knowing it was bad. <laughs> um, so I've probably seen that movie more than the average person, <laughs> which, yeah. for the average person, probably zero times. So. But yeah, Matt Reeves is, uh, I think, a pretty interesting mainstream filmmaker, might be the, the most reductive way of describing him, <laughs> in that... yeah. He makes movies that are not like they're they're you know they're designed for people to watch like lots of people to watch yeah but there's some skill always involved and that was very clearly evident here yeah I mean I I feel that is in theory what you're getting is you're getting someone who can make a big crowd pleasing movie but like still has some sense of like uh, art I, yeah yeah that's where I was gonna go but he is also probably the lowest profile director certainly of you know the pre Burton stuff we'll, we'll ignore but you know to have like Tim Burton and Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder and like arguably Joel Even, Schumacher oh yeah um, Schumacher all, definitely has a higher profile than yeah him. Yeah, so interesting they would trust someone a little bit lower like that. But, um, you know, those, those Apes movies I hear were good and well-received, or, or decent, probably, <laughs> sounds more accurate. The Andy Circus Apes trilogy, mm-hmm. a definitely, like, a successful trilogy, is what I would say. And kind yeah. of, even before Reeves came in for the other two, yeah. um, definitely in that Reeves territory, being like, mainstream movies with yep. some skill, with some art to it, yeah. over it. Almost overachieving might be a good word to describe in a way. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, like th- this movie famously starts out with Affleck attached. He was going to direct, co-write with Reeves, or just maybe solo write, and then Reeves is, goes from co-writer to 
he's going to direct it and Affleck's going to star in it to Affleck just bowing out entirely. So it's been in development for a long time. It was obviously one of the many pandemic movies. I think Pattinson got COVID and was just like, oh yeah, lol, we filmed some scenes and I had COVID. Yeah, you know what it was? <laughs> it was they shut down for COVID, they yeah. come back and then he gets COVID. Exactly, yeah. Like first day back, second day back, something like that. He has COVID. So this has been sort of languishing in the public eye for a very long time because... Affleck was Batman for the first time, what, six, seven years ago at this point? Something crazy like that. I want to say 2016. Early 2016. Okay, yeah. So, you know, it's not like Batman has deliberately been gone for a long time. But yeah, you know, Reeves has a take, clearly. And you can go to entertherealworld.com and see nine questions about after watching the Batman. And I think you'll be able to tell quite quickly, Mike and I have... Different levels of passion for this movie. My gauge is you are just aggressively neutral on it, and I am, like, stumping hard for it. For those not able to watch the recording of this at home, I did just mug at the camera while Matt made a plug for an article (laughs) on the website. Finger guns. Literally no one but myself. Right to my iPad. Yeah. Literally just for me. It is is such a problem that people will never know how devastatingly handsome the hosts of the Real World Podcast are. (laughs) You know, like... One day we'll we'll do a video recording in person when we're both in the same country. I'll I'll come to New York. We'll we'll do some pods. You can make me watch some art house bullshit. I'll I'll drag you down to watch some franchisable IP. It'll be great. We'll go watch Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. But this is not a basketball podcast. Let us talk uh, the Batman. As I said, you know, like I'm I'm big big into this. I think it's very clear from what's been written already. What should be posted around when this is going up? You know, I think I'm the highest on it of anyone on the site you i think you know a little bit more measured <laughs> i'd say like measured positive rather than like just completely neutral but yeah, what do you, what do think, you hit I me i think it's a fair characterization and i think True. you know the site is definitely very positive i don't know if you've talked to jerry yet jerry's very positive on it ben's very high on it yes i i am like i'm letting i'm, I'm sitting with it i'm letting it sit I'm, okay i'm not because there are things i definitely like mm-hmm. and there are things that were like hmm i think i need to like how did i feel about this i'm not entirely sure yet but yeah. I remember one of my big takeaways was because uh, we saw it on the same day, but because of the time <laughs> difference, we couldn't talk about it yeah. pretty much. And I was like, as soon as I'm watching this, I'm like, this is the movie Matt's been asking for for so long. Like, <laughs> please tell me he liked it. I want him to like it. I'm glad you picked up on that because, yeah, you know, we, we've obviously talked a lot about Matt. I think there's some of the earliest podcasts on the site and I sort of am like, let's re-record them now. We're better at podcasting. But right. a thing I said a lot was like, you know, I love all of this, but where's the detective stuff and then it's like here's three fucking hours of detective stuff or i mean because this is kind of my review is it's kind of two and a half hours of detective stuff and then just something that seems like it belonged in a different movie at the end i'm not saying i hate that final action sequence it just kind of felt obligatory yeah some exec is like well you got to have a big blowout at the end you can't just have them catch him and it's like "Mm, you probably could but it just it feels out of tone with the rest of the movie I, I just had this comment in my head the whole time, you know, because this is the dipshit I am. I, I watch movies and think of how I'm going to produce content around them. I had the line in my head of like, you know, this is exactly what I want. And then and thinking, it's so small, it's so intimate, no one's trying to blow up Gotham. And then it's like, oh wait, never mind, because here are some trucks and he's going to flood the city. And But the, the first, everything up until then, I'm, you know, fully on board that train. I, I, I hear what you're saying about like, some stuff that you need to think on because while I enjoyed it on a first watch I'm sitting there thinking given how much of this hinges on a mystery how much of it is a detective story how would I feel about watching this knowing where it all leads because it is very deliberate it's very slow 
and on first watch it's like so much tension like what's going to happen is this guy going to blow up and the answer is yes somehow but I do wonder if I watched it again would I find some of that stuff a little bit more boring I have seen some people who watched it twice and, and they they liked it just as much the second time but I think I'm seeing more people who like it because I'm engaging with posts that like it and Twitter is ah but I could see a world where I watch it again and I'm I'm less like on cloud nine about it maybe I'm on cloud seven if that's a thing I don't know I think for me is the the big thing I like about it is that it's a distinct take yeah and I think you know I was talking to a buddy about this it's like for some reason the studio kind of just lets directors make whatever Batman movie they want to make yeah <laughs> which is very unique to Batman yeah. in mainstream you go through all five directors now mm-hmm. five and not only are they distinct, but they feel very in line with what those directors are doing hmm. and like to do in general. And like you could tell they're making the movie they want to make. I would say and maybe the outlier is Batman eighty nine, but then Burton immediately, you know, returns like he makes up that and, you know, in spades. He's like, No, 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 no. Here's Edward Scissorhands with Batman in it. But and yeah, I mean and I, I wonder if that is it feels like Batman has a higher I don't want to say a higher hit rate, because, you know, there have been some like real bad Batman movies, but there have been some very good Batman movies, like, much better than... Like, the highs of Batman are higher than anything else in the genre. And I wonder if that is because they're just like, eh, make something authentic, authentically you, you know? Don't try and... Marvel has a house style. If you break from it, they'll probably fire you unless you, you know, make Black Panther and win an Oscar. But even even Black Panther isn't that different from the template they make. It just has better art design, I would say. And yeah, I, I think letting directors come in and just take their shot I think that does work out you know like you know Snyder isn't for me but that dude has a voice <laughs> like you yeah. cannot deny that um, and that's what I think as I'm like looking back now and all the Mapman movies we've watched and talked about together I think it's less about good and bad mm. and more about what are people into sure and there is, I mean, I wouldn't say there's a Batman movie for literally everybody because mm. I still have not seen the remake of Elaine May's A New Leaf shot for shot as Batman. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, there's a, there's a Batman out there for a lot of people. Yeah. And some of them, you know, we're all going to gravitate towards different ones. And I right. think that's actually kind of sincerely kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a character with 80 years of comics to work from. And like, there is a sector of people who are into this sort of stuff who like just aggressively want to pretend Batman 66 doesn't exist. The only Batman is like a growly, grouchy, grimdark Batman. 66 isn't as much for me, but it's not invalid in any way. Like all of the takes on Batman are valid. Like there are plenty of great stories of like campy, ridiculous Batman. He was that for decades and to pretend he wasn't is disingenuous. But then, you know, if you want that like year one Frank Miller style Batman, it's there. And there is easily a world where like anyone after Nolan is basically told you must do an impression of the Dark Knight. And plenty of studios are doing that. <laughs> For but, so many films. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But they, you know, they haven't been afraid to let Snyder and now Reeves do something yeah. that is is very different. Yeah. All, all three I, are on the grounded end. You know, none of them have gone back to doing sixty <laughs> six or even Schumacher, which is a different kind of campy. But like, they are still different from each other. All three of those 
supposedly yeah. identically grounded, grim, gritty, dark takes. I hate using those terms because they're so overdone, but you know. Yeah, and let's, you know, what makes this one so fresh and unique, knows that transition there. Uh-huh. That transition. You can tell the tone, you know, like it goes up. Um, is... See, it was smooth until you called it out. I know. <laughs> now you've lost it. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to be measured. I don't think it's grounded in reality so much no. as it is grounded in a very specific tone. And the tone is not campy. No. It, and it has humor. It's And it's also, like, as I kind of always point out, it's like the Nolan movies had humor too. They did. Despite what people said. Mm. And neither of these humors are very, like, you know, as someone said, all humor now feels like outtakes that didn't make it into a community episode. Uh-huh. And this is very much not that. Like, this is like the humor. There, there is humor here. And there are really funny moments, but they're just not yeah. in the way that we're used to from this particular genre. I think the uh, one I'm about to call out probably is almost that quippy, but like Thumb Drive like destroyed me. I, like because oh, it, it had so been good. it had been so so dour, and then to just hinge it all on a fucking pun yeah. like that. But then you know and, most of it is coming from Penguin, and, and you know his like you know geez I don't want to see that kind of stuff. Like it's it's so welcome because it does. It could collapse under the weight of the... Like, I'd call it grisly more than, like, dark, almost, because it, it is heightened. It's it's not realistic. It, it does have a, a sense of style, but it is very much playing on true crime, serial killers. It's inescapable, the Zodiac thing, um, both the movie and the real-life, you know, <laughs> events. Um, it is very finchery, I would say. Like, the look of Gotham and just the general style of the movie. This movie is a David Fincher movie in, in the same way the Joker is a Martin Scorsese movie, and that sure. not at all. Sure. But like, <laughs> you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying mm. to make it look be- like trying to be better, or yeah. certainly trying to be different. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, it... there's worse things you can do than be, you know, an imitation, an obvious imitation of yeah. something that's good. It's steering it more in that direction, and like, you yeah. know, it. it it really, really underlines, not that you need any more evidence of this, how, like, superhero movies don't need to look like total shit, as they have for most of the last decade. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, totally. It is, it is a choice, like, like, for sure. That Like, I, I've heard it directly from people who work in VFX, that, like, Marvel are choosing to make their movies look like that. It's not, like, trying to do something to make VFX easier or anything like that. It is just so, that... no, it's because those those people aren't unionized. It's <laughs> they can do whatever they want. And that's why there's five thousand names on there. Yeah. It is purposely. It is more convenient for the studio to make them look like shit. Yeah. And but I like this, this be... is you know I mean while you're dealing with a while the color palette may be a lot of like blacks and uh, and dark colors like it is well lit and that's like I'm yeah. begging for lighting in movies. <laughs> you know I feel I know. like I'm a hundred years old. Like they're too loud and they're too dark, but that is true. <laughs> It's a really weird thing when you watch movies from the 70s and they're really dark scenes in settings that don't have light and uh-huh. you can see every and you can see everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm just like what happened? Why why is everything so impossible to see these days? It's such a stupid thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and I, to get back to the tone, I think yeah. what I love about the tone so much is not just the choice of tone, but that it's so revolved around Robert Pattinson's Batman, yeah. which is this so serious and dour that's hilarious <laughs> and purpose like not in a way that's like unintentional clearly and yeah. like that's where the thumb that's why the thumb drive scene works so well yeah is because he's being so serious and like it's dude like you're being ridiculous like <laughs> like you're just like and 
while I'm not in love with Jeffrey Wright's Gordon, I do think his presence does kind of like capture like the dude. Come on, calm down, man. <laughs> kind of like just the way he calls him man, like, man. You know, again, like my biggest takeaway from this, I'm just hey, this this didn't feel unique to cinema, but it felt unique to Batman and superheroes, and that's okay. Should we get lost in the weeds of what actually happens? Sure. So we talked about Pattinson. How'd you like Pattinson? In? I for me, like completely melts into that role. I wish more superhero things would like stay in the fucking costumes of the characters that the thing is about. Like I understand you've spent a lot of money getting Robert Downey Jr. So you have to show his goddamn face so that Iron Man mask has to conveniently get broken for the third act. But I wish it was a little bit more balanced in this direction and like. This is like 85% Batman, 15% Bruce. And I, I kind of like that. I mean, I wouldn't want it ev- every time. And I think it's 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 very much a choice because there is no such thing as Bruce yet. <laughs> I, I do actually think he, you know, it's on the site again. The kind of lack of Bruce has disappointed a few people or it's sort of like, I'm waiting to see how I feel about his portrayal until I see his Bruce. I actually think the few moments he is Bruce are all really good because like, he looks physically ill from, from not sleeping enough. And like, you know, you've got like the rock star shades kind of thing, like not able to look at the light. And I thought that the moment with, while I don't like that they tried to convince us Alfred was going to die in the first fucking movie, that moment where he's like, I'm afraid to feel what I felt again. I thought that was really good, actually, because thankfully they stayed away from showing the goddamn death of his parents. I've seen it literally like six times in live action. Five, maybe I don't know but they do poke around at that area without it being like you know rote I thought he was he was good in those few moments as Bruce but like as Batman it's just like this is just fucking Batman you know <laughs> and I, I thought he was great personally um they you know they, they let you see more of his face so that probably helps him to to give a better sort of a more kind of emotionally engaging performance in the suit whereas you know Christian Bale very famously couldn't turn his neck was fucking furious was really hot <laughs> did the silly voice so i think that helps him they like designed a costume that let him actually physically act a bit better but yeah for me like i loved it and i i think these things are connected one that the movie and specifically this movie was better off that it was so much just batman but two it's based in character which is that robert pattinson's bruce wayne is not interested in bruce wayne he is not interested in bruce wayne there was no reason so that there was no reason for us to be interested in bruce wayne yeah and he didn't pop off the screen to me as Bruce Wayne, but mm. I think for totally authentic artistic reasons. At this point, we can safely say there'll be a second one. <laughs> maybe there'll be more Bruce Wayne. And maybe we can be like, oh, maybe he's just not a good Bruce Wayne. Or maybe mm. that wasn't a choice. Maybe he just isn't as good. But for here, it works. And so it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Because he is, as a character, is only interested in being Batman. And that's the point of his character is that he doesn't see any vision for himself or the city that doesn't involve Batman doing Batman things. Yeah, he has yet to see the value in a cover story or, or, you know, any connections he could use as Bruce to work a case from the other side kind of thing. The closest it gets is he visits the nightclub as himself once. But, like, even then, he's not really trying that hard. And, And, yeah, I mean... I still haven't seen Tenet. I don't know if his sort of role there is vaguely Bruce Wayne adjacent, like, you know, the the generic version of Playboy billionaire Bruce that we've seen. But I trust in his ability as a performer to give us... I'm hoping for something new. You know, we've seen enough of his stuff in recent years that I I believe he is capable of crafting something good. But yeah, obviously we'll see how that goes. And they set it up clearly that, again, whatever happens with a second one, he's mm-hmm. not going to be acting the same way. Like, no. there is, you know, yeah, there is a very clear arc here. Because, I mean, and... for as much as I don't like that final scene, 
I do love the more literal final scene with him like rescuing people and you know it's kind of on the nose but you know he is he's being a light when he was saying I am darkness and you've got him physically you know someone is touching his arm and he's like almost like instinctively withdrawing but then he's like okay and he's like trying to give her with with no words to kind of it will be okay kind of look and he realizes I must be a symbol and all of that so yeah, I'm into that, and speaking of, you know I'm a sucker for narration. I like that, that like all that opening monologue stuff. I was thinking, I like this, but it is kind of wanky, and then when they reveal it's literally his journal, I'm like, okay, got it. 100% spot on. Like, it would be a little bit emo bullshit kind of thing. Yeah, like, and again, it feels very much like who he is right now, which is he's crazy and self-obsessed mm-hmm. and not particularly helpful. Like, there's, like, yeah, like, it's nice that that one dude was saved on the train, but you're, like, that's not how, like, a a better world is built. I mean, mean, they, they, I think they made more of an attempt than anything I've actually seen in, outside of comics. Comics have tried to address this, but, like, you know, you hear this all the time. Gotham would be better if he just donated every penny he has to, like, social programs and, and reforms and everything. This is the only time I've seen anything live action or, or a TV show, like an animated thing, attempt to hang a hat on that by having the like relief fund be almost the MacGuffin, like the, the catalyst for the whole story. All these people abusing this money that was supposed to help the city. And like, I don't know how it's going to go from here on out. Like there is always going to be that. Like you, you cannot escape. There's going to be some level of, of fascism with a superhero thing. Um, oh, yeah. If you're not down with that, just don't watch anything like this. But I would be interested to see if they attempt to have him, like, guide it in a better way and, like, maybe one day see, hmm, yeah, this would be better, wouldn't it? I do think Dark Knight and Rises get into that. Not as in-your-face as this one does, mm. to be for absolutely sure. But it's definitely there, sometimes a little on the surface, but deep to surface with those films, that being like, this didn't help anything. You know, like, yeah. this was much more about you. And I think... What's interesting here is what is an idea of Batman that actually yeah. is helping more than the immediate person in front of him yeah. and not recognizing the butterfly effect that his presence is causing. Absolutely. And, and, and I guess, yeah, you're right. They, they, did, they did bring it up. I guess where I'm more trying to come at it from is they've attempted to provide an answer or, or like a clapback to that. Yes. Um, they're yes. not, you know, it's not wrong to say that, but like to just say it and offer no solution and have Bruce just blip, hmm, okay. To try to say, well, he tried, you know, somebody tried to use money to help the city and it all went wrong. Where they go from there, I don't fucking know. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. exactly. Um, you know, like they cancelled the cops show, which shows a surprising amount of like, non-tone deafness i don't know what the opposite of tone deaf is tone aware <laughs> to cancel that gcpd show they were going to make is probably a smart move but we'll see yeah because i mean i think definitely the weakest moments in this movie are like <laughs> the propaganda <laughs> stuff less so that and more so just like how they try to speak to some stuff immediately happening in the world in our world and there are elements of the world we actually live in in the world in Gotham City, but right. you know, you talking Gotham like City. Selena talking about like white privilege CEOs. Yeah, like it okay. felt they felt very tacked on. Yeah, you know, it felt like 
I'm not saying they were actually made in post-production. It just feels mm. like it, there's that feeling of like it, they feel out of place. You may not agree with it, but you can almost see where maybe some right-wing people are coming from when they're like, "Ah, oh, this is all just shoehorned in kind of thing for like scoring points." Yeah, if so, and if someone said that, I wouldn't be. Yeah, it's exactly right. I'd be like, "Well, I wouldn't like the, probably what the person is saying, but I, would, <laughs> I don't like. I don't think it's un, that deniable that it feels tacked on." It's just uh, the very complicated things to try and unpack in what is already yeah, a, a long movie. It's not really the device for me. It's not equipped to tackle no. that. Like, your, your main character's a billionaire, yeah. and you're supposed to think he's cool. Maybe not as the billionaire, but as Batman, you're supposed to think he's cool. So, yeah, that's, that's tricky. It did kind of make me laugh when she said, because they have this thing of, he's got these contact lenses that record everything. I thought that was a nice touch, actually. That like Clever bit. I like yeah, that. like, he, he can go over all of his... You know, he's not allowed to take evidence home he's with him. He's watching the tape. He's exactly, the tape exactly. So he just needs to look around a lot and then he can analyse it later. But I did like when she was wearing it and he just commented on how no one was looking, making any eye contact with her. And she's, you know, I thought that line probably worked better for me than the, the more on the nose, you know, white privilege stuff. And, yeah. and you know, I, I guess we should talk Kravitz. You and I discussed probably her biggest role to date. I thought biggest she did role this. in the biggest movie, I think is what we conclude. Sure, like she sure. had bigger role in smaller movies. She's had right, smaller right. roles in bigger and yeah, big yeah, movies, yeah. but this is the biggest role in a big movie. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought she was surprisingly good, but obviously Reeves has, you know, that there are stories that, you know, he's very controlling on set, but not in necessarily a bad way. And I think he's done a good job of making sure everybody's working in their wheelhouse and, <laughs> not trying to do more than they are. I, I mean, she may be... No one set up more. to fail. Exactly, yeah. She's She's been given a role she can do. I thought the sassiness of Catwoman, that is that comes with the territory. I knew she would be good at that. I thought she was actually surprisingly good at the sort of more empathetic side of it. That I, And their relationship worked for me. A lot of people aren't as into the Bat-Cat thing. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Tom King has written a lot of really, in my opinion, good Batman-Catwoman stories recently. And I like her sort of mockingly calling him vengeance throughout the movie after he, like, declared himself that at the beginning in the sort of <laughs> the big trailer line. But, I mean, I took it as she sort of, like, playfully dunking on him a little bit. But I thought their chemistry was really good. Like, they shamelessly want to jump each other the whole time. I really liked the sort of penguin stakeout thing when he hears her motorcycle and he like immediately knows it's her, which is ridiculous, but you know, it's it's Batman. So all of that worked for me really well. I kind of hope she continues to be like I could see a world where like she doesn't even appear in the next one or she's a cameo, but I would like to see her sort of grow with him. Yeah, my, my instinct would be is actually I think they're gonna lean into it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that I would expect that she has a big role in any Robert Pattinson, and Matt Reeves Batman movies. I think yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you where I think that's it's probably better off. She's not always such a big role. Not so much because of her. I just don't. I, it would feel retread. It would feel it would feel too similar. And I think the biggest thing this new I guess franchise, for lack of a better term, has in its uh, corner is that it could just potentially feel really fresh every time now. And, I, yeah. and one of the ways this one feels fresh is that they did something that no live-action Batman movie has ever seriously attempted to do, which is that, like, stuff this movie full of as many known <laughs> villains as possible and try to pull it off. Because I actually really... One of the things I compared this to when I left was, like, this really feels like a lobe sal. And that is not really a compliment coming from me. 
but they <laughs> undoubtedly pull off the stuff every villain as we, that we can into the story way better than Loeb and Sal ever did. Everyone kind of feels like they have the right amount of screen time given that if you accept the premise that they're in the movie, I'll, yeah. I'm a Joker. And they give everyone feels like they have just enough to do where it doesn't feel like they're in there just to be in there to like to be like a, an Easter egg. Yeah. And everyone gets like a little like story that is satisfying in almost every case and i thought her story was satisfying and i think kravitz did a real solid job she's one of those actresses that can never tell how talented she is 100 <laughs> percent. and i i think she has an undeniable compelling quality mm-hmm. and i can see that being put to good use and being misused i think it's mostly put to good use here yeah yeah i think something that's going to help her is there's not really that definitive Catwoman performance. I know for a lot of people it is Michelle Pfeiffer. And part of the reason for that is Catwoman as a character changed a lot in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s to become a little bit more of a three-dimensional character and less of a just, hey, she's a she's a sexy cat lady, she steals things. She gained more of a personality and more depth later on. And, you know, for a lot of these characters, there is that, like, big performance you can point to and say, yeah, that's that's Batman, that's Jericho, whatever, whatever. They're just, I don't think there has been that for Catwoman yet, so she does have a chance. To, I, I don't know if she's up for that task, but we'll see. I don't. I mean, I think Hathaway <laughs> really killed it. I think Pfeiffer, you know, gave a really I think they're icon- both iconic I, betrayal. I think, yeah, uh, sure, iconic is a, is, a, is a fine word to use. I, I just mean, like, they're both coming at very specific angles and none of them she to can do me, her own thing none of them to me personally are like the full Catwoman experience as it were Pfeiffer is giving you a very specific type of Catwoman and and like absolutely iconic like everybody recalls that performance and goes to that imagery and everything I just think you know maybe there is a, a chance to tap into some more stuff here you mentioned how many villains there are I think it makes it feel like Gotham is a is a city it is not just and, like, villains taking turns to appear and confront Batman. And when you yes. lose, you go to prison. It's like, this is a city. People have interests in it. Penguin is running his thing here. Like, this is his corner of Gotham or whatever. And I think that helps a lot because, I mean... It really becomes shorthand for the city. I don't, like, yeah. I don't think the movie is as emotionally invested in the setting, honestly. Mm. I think it's more letting the people reveal the setting. I don't think the setting has a distinct look. I mean, it feels mostly just like being in New York. Um, I don't. I mean, you know, you obviously live New York adjacent or in New York, and I don't. So, like, I think the big thing is, like, Nolan's Gotham was literally just Chicago. Like, there was no interest in, like, trying to style it to look like anything. Burton goes completely the other way, and, like, that always just felt like a film set to me. And this obviously still is just a city. A lot of it is Glasgow, actually, but, like... Really? Yeah. (laughs) There's been a thing going around of, like... Oh, hey, it's Glasgow. And then you're like, here. They were trying to make it look like shit. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel it had, you know, none of the buildings are not real built. You know, they are still all real buildings. It is just a city, but like it had a sense of style to it. Like it, it, I think, you know, there's a lot of cinematography expertise going on here and like the pathetic fallacy. It's always fucking raining, all of that. So it did, for me, it did feel like it, it was being paid attention to. But like, I, I, I think having all those villains running around and doing their own separate things definitely helps. And like let's let's use that to transition into... I mean, I guess it feels more natural to talk about Penguin and Falcone. Much like the movie, we can save the Riddler for last. Yeah, why not? 
<laughs> um, you know, Colin Farrell, like, what else is there to say? Everyone said it, you know, he's having the time of his life. The prosthetics are kind of crazy. He's providing all of the comic relief, basically. <laughs> I don't like it. You don't like it? Okay. And it's not that Colin Farrell is a bad job. Colin Farrell is a good job. Mm-hmm. Just cast the middle-aged weird dude. Just put Kevin Dunn <laughs> in there. Just put Richard Kind. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's not like, you're not even getting the benefit of being able to market it as like, look, Colin Farrell's in the movie. Like, you feel like his voice is coming out from under a mask. Mm. Ben um, phrased it as like, Colin Farrell is is that kind of character actor, but he was cursed with leading man good looks. Kind of oh, thing. 100%. And, his best lead performances is when he's being like a squirrely little like scummy dude. Like yeah. it's not when he's being a prototypical leading man. He is a character actor. He is not a star. Yeah. It's it's and, in Bruges. It's not SWAT. And I think he is good and I don't like it. Like it's it's such right. a weird dynamic where I'm just like I, I, I you know what? like, you know, just, just I almost would prefer just keep it like I, I think I think and it's the prosthetics are technically impressive, but mm-hmm. like I, I would just keep the prosthetics off. It's okay. Calm the penguin's hot. We have hot Aunt May. We can have hot penguin. Like, it's not a big deal. Fuck are you trying to say about Sally Fields? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rosemary Harris. Beautiful woman. Of I course. Of course. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from there. Like, I appreciate that they find a balance between the kind of, not to be unkind, but like, let's make a freak show of him that, you know, Burton went for with DeVito and like, Gotham, I, I cannot fucking stand the guy they cast as Penguin in, in that Gotham TV show. To find a balance between that and the sort of like full-on... Well, I mean, it is mobster, but like they're trying to vaguely give him some touch of the like... You know, he walks kind of funny. <laughs> and like, he, there is some stuff going on with his face without feeling the need to give him fucking flippers, you know? I'm glad he's sort of like still in play at the end. I don't want him to be the big bad of one of these movies, but... As a guy that is just always around for Batman to come and like punch and demand information from, <laughs> I kind of like that as an idea. I'm oh, not yeah, sure the, I want to see a TV show with him, but characterization is on point. I think there's a lot you can do with him in the movies without doing too much, mm. and I think this movie really gets it. I don't think the Penguin is like this. He's an iconic villain, but he's not. He's he, not a one villain movie. Yeah, he he is a difficult one for sure. He kind of yeah, needs yeah, to I, just be chilling there, but without being the central central point. I was. Not expecting to see Carmine Falcone in this movie. <laughs> I'd looked at the cast list a few times, and I was like, there are characters I know in here, but mm-hmm. like, I don't like... I didn't have it all straight, so it wasn't exactly clear to me who was showing up. I uh-huh. think, like, I was like, maybe it's Sal Maroney, maybe it's Carmine mm-hmm. Falcone. They reject the Nolan Falcone pronunciation. Yes. Falcone. <laughs> Which um, we argued about, and then I was like, hmm, am I just wrong about this? And then I got this vindication. <laughs> It was Falcone for like a decade. It, it wasn't just Nolan. There were other things that pronounced it that way. But I was sure. So I'd it heard. feels less Italian. Yeah. And but I think they must be. I think they're doing it for one very specific reason, which is that they needed a rat with wings. They needed yet another rat with wings because there's just a lot of rat with wings. Them like and, uh, really delving into that was a bit like I think it, the rest of it. Was... Their, it's a little bit of their Martha moment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, you're really pressing hard on this rat with wings, stool pigeon. Falcons have wings. It's like, alright, fucking calm down. I thought John Totoro was good. I understand what people are saying when it's like, this movie doesn't quite have room for a big Carmine Falcone, like, half hour. He felt understated to the point of uninterested. I mm. The reveal that he is Catwoman's father... I mean, that that, really, that is coming really, from... I, I know you hate Loeb and Sale, which is wacky, because, like, that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's my Batman. But that is coming directly from like Long Halloween, When in Rome, like all of that sort of stuff, Dark Victory. It's really hard to get a hold of, of When in Rome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's playing on that. You know, I, I feel like where that left it was like, maybe this isn't actually true. But yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of new to... The, the live action stuff. Well, they never shared a movie before, so I guess it's sort of trying to give this version of Catwoman something real that isn't the love interest think, of Batman. <laughs> I think I just need fewer late Batman movie reveals that someone is someone's father and someone <laughs> is someone's daughter. I think this is not Batman's wheelhouse. I don't think this helps Batman movies. I called that Talia reveal like an hour before it happened the first time I saw that movie. I mean, at least this movie had a reason for these two characters to exist yeah. before the reveal. Yeah. But I've seen some compliments for Deturo in here. I, I feel like he looked kind of bored. Like, it I, felt like this was... I think that's, that's supposed to be like, he's so untouchable that nothing interests him kind of thing. Like, he's not afraid of Batman. He is not intimidated by anyone. He's like, yeah, you know. I'm in charge of this whole fucking city. And I think he may have been a bad fit for that. I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I liked it. Like, it didn't go full, like, just doing a Godfather impression, which, you know... That would have been too much. Yeah. But some, I think we needed a little bit more press, a little bit less character actor. A little, I think we actually kind of probably needed, like, a star. Ooh. So Totoro should have been Penguin and Farrell should have been Falcon, is what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, I, I want Callum Farrell to be Penguin. I just didn't want him to have prosthetics on space. Okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. I'm not even sure, like, who come to mind, but, like, I think it just would have helped a little bit someone who's less character acty. A really random, I guess not real villain. Didn't it feel weird that Peter Sarsgaard was playing such a nothing role? Like, that wasn't a cameo. <laughs> It yeah. was a role, but it was a nothing role, and he was just like a geek. That felt really like a, I mean, not mighty have fallen, but like playing a geek. Like, this is not a cameo. He just has like a really small role as a geek. And that was kind of jarring to me as a Sarsgaard fan. But <laughs> I guess, you know, yeah. what can I do? The path is clear for a Harvey Dent now. Oscar Isaac yeah. can complete his mission to be in every franchise and he could come play Harvey Dent. That'd be cool. Yeah, All right. probably would be really good at that. I know. I know. I'm being serious. <laughs> It'd be great. Paul Dano as a Riddler. Very different from what we've seen before. No showmanship whatsoever. Going instead for that, you know, Zodiac Killer QAnon thing. The reveal that he's a fucking streamer at the end, you know. Very funny. <laughs> um, hey guys, what's up? Today's domestic terrorism is, is sponsored by Squarespace kind of thing. He barely yeah. has more viewers than us. <laughs> uh. Dunking on everyone involved in that sentence there. Um, <laughs> work hard at this site. I thought it was good. It's just, it's so very, very different. Oh, I thought he was good. I thought there was only one bad moment. I thought his their laughter at one point in the, I guess, somewhat interrogation scene <laughs> felt like, I don't know, felt like him trying too hard. Kind of took me out of it for a second. I sort of took that as part of it, that he's just some dude playing at this kind of thing. Oh, I agree. It still mm. took me out of it. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, like, it. Like, it just wasn't good. Um, yeah. I do like they really hung out that he kept saying Bruce and, like, Batman is just just freezes and stares at the yes the camera is on and you just have to wait for that to play out for him to eventually reveal he doesn't know he's bruce and then accusing him of not being smart was kind of a, a funny way for that to all wrap up yeah that worked for me his fucking face when he gets captured the the dumbass coffee thing whatever but um, his his face when he's looking at camera kind of thing is good but you know he's in that costume the kind of like like that first moment where he emerges from the fucking shadows was, yeah, really good. Uh, the sort of grunts and, and guttural noises are good. Not good, I mean, you know, 
effective for what they were going for. I did like the beat he thought they were partners kind of thing, that he'd sort of like used him to take everyone down and like a version of the movie where Bruce has to just sit with that would have been kind of cool. Or it's like, it's I, probably, I've yeah. just enacted this dude's plan for him. But. Yeah, it would feel more like a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, in a world where you, you cut out that final big set piece, and it's just he, they just catch him, and then it's like, yeah, you're wrong. And it's like, oh, fuck. And like, that would have been cool as shit. Yeah, um, like, there's a lot of things that make this not Zodiac. <laughs> the definitive endings of, like, capturing who it is, and, like, uh, wrapping everything up relatively neatly. One mm-hmm. of those things. <laughs> I think my other thing with that, like, aside from any tonal stuff with that final... So you don't, set, you don't feel that into Dano in this? I I, no, I, th- I, I think he's good. I think the whole movie is in service of him. So it's like, like you know, this is very clearly a detective story. It's a mystery. It, it's, it's twisty-turny, you know, all that stuff. And I think we're on the same page that we would like to see a different kind of movie next time. I would like to see the, the tone of the movie match the villain. And, like, if you've got a guy who revolves yes. around riddles, you have to do a, a big mystery like this. And So I think, like, he perfectly fits the tone and, and like he sort of informs the tone uh, but you know he's he's not really in it enough to like be completely and you know less is more obviously but it would be difficult to talk him up in the same category of some of the batman villains we have seen i, I thought he was good obviously yeah you know and speaking of that i mean i think one of the things that i found in the movie that kind of felt like a wet fart was like they're building up this who is the rat with wings <laughs> one of the villains in the movie i don't like i don't know like (laughs) it it didn't feel like this big payoff i was Mm. like and now to be clear i don't know what in the movie i didn't think there was a better option Mm. but i feel like that was the point like that was like kind of the flaw is that you're building up this big mystery of who is the rat and it's (laughs) probably on paper the most likely to be the rat (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 I mean, I'll say this, like, you know, having watched all of Batman the Animated Series, the Matt Signal, com, mug for camera, at least I know what a fucking riddle is, because I, <laughs> Riddler is in three episodes of that. The first two, they just do not know what a riddle is. Some of them are just <laughs> like, what is this word in Arabic? It's like, that's not a fucking riddle, that's just trivia. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and they said, yeah, we struggle with the riddles. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. And then the third one, they figure out what a riddle is, and surprisingly, it's his best episode. So, you know, I appreciated that that worked. But, like, yeah, to hang so much on that, that ratalada bullshit that, like, it all links to a website, and if you click on it enough, you get concept art, all this stuff. Anyway, uh, but as I was starting to say, that final set piece, ignoring what it does to the tone of the movie, if you think about it in terms of, like, Riddler's plan, what the fuck was the point in that? Like, he killed the active sitting mayor. He killed several really high-profile people. Why is his grand endgame to convince a bunch of message board people to shoot the mayor-elect and some randos? Like, it, it just felt very like, oh, why is this the final step of your plan? Like, the big, oh, you don't even know what I've done kind of thing. It's like, you're just shooting some people? Like, that seems easier than what you've done so far. <laughs> so that part. I didn't was really like. the, the flooding part of the bigger plan? I thought the point of the flooding was to like guarantee they would be in the stadium or something like that, but I, I don't know. Yeah, at that point the movie picks up its pace, I think, in part to help you stop asking questions. <laughs> and I think that's my thing. I want to be asking questions, but I want them to have sensible answers. So yeah, you know, in, in my perfect world, the two and a half hour cut just kind of turns himself in and Batman realizes he got played. And, you know, I'll sacrifice that nice scene of him helping people if that's what it takes. But, yeah, I just... That last bit threatened to break it for me. But, you know, I'm still, obviously, overall, very high on it. 
I guess Andy Serkis is in the movie as Alfred, but like not yeah. really not really though. Is he, is he ever really <laughs> not in this movie? Yeah, I guess we should run through quickly who else pops in. Like he's he's really barely in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you can count his scenes on one hand. I want to say he's in it four times. I'm going to say that the maid in the Wayne Manor is Aunt Harriet from the 66 Batman. I got that vibe. <laughs> that, that was what it was a nod to. I think they have finally brought back Aunt Harriet. And I think that's wonderful. I yeah. love the idea that Batman has an aunt and she's just there cleaning his house. Yep. I fucking hated the commissioner. It felt like from a diff- it felt like from a completely different movie. I was so glad that he did not stick around. Was um, that um, like he just felt like was that Alex Fern? Yeah, yeah. He, he was Gordon's old partner. Yeah, yeah. I like um, they cornered the market on dudes with weird voices, though. You know, they had a few cops with just like, oh, that's that's how you sound. Okay. Um. Fair. <laughs> I, I did not like how naive Gordon was. It felt like he was surprised at every turn at how bad Gotham is, and that felt completely wrong for me that's like you know i mean i said this in the article so i'm just repeating myself but like gary oldman gives you that like definitive this is the year one gordon like hard-nosed cop like you know this is all gordon has been for the last like 20 25 years so like you have to do something a bit different and i thought making him i don't know i guess also to sort of address the whole like the corrupt cops thing and to make him a little bit less insufferable as like no police are good like he genuinely is just dumbfounded that like there are corrupt city officials but definitely room to improve <laughs> i would say anybody else in this movie i i, I don't think the politics of this movie are worth really yeah bella Rao was like a really under underbaked character for sure it's, like, it's hollywood liberal politics it's nothing to like get <laughs> lost in the weeds about like uh, trying to make sense of it's just straight up hollywood world politics i mean there is one more big person in it, and we can sort of use this to help wrap up thomas uh, wayne is <laughs> shown <in laughs> barry keown is is playing the joker i was hoping there would be no joker in this movie i knew he would be in it eventually but i was sort of hoping we'd really hold off i hope he is kept to a cameo in the next one as well like you know batman visits arkham has maybe a conversation with him but like if he's going to be the guy in the movie can we save that for the third movie please you're trying to like stall as much as possible like maybe maybe the next movie will bomb but we won't have another joker movie (laughs) (laughs) for me the play is he's like he breaks all the villains out that are still alive and like you know it's joker and everyone else kind of thing but i guess they had to go there it felt a bit much you know the movie already has a like there's four endings problem I'm glad it wasn't in the end credits, I'll give it that. I was allowed to just leave a movie. It's, it's hard to tell one way or the other. Yeah, I think he's a great actor. Um, it's, a, it's a decent choice, but you know, the, I, there wasn't really enough there to go on for me. Yeah, I, I have no sense of how that's going to play out. They don't have to give him a prosthetic clown nose? <laughs> he's not Jewish, right? That was an anti-Semitic. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Practically it- searching up his ethnicity to make sure I wasn't extremely racist right now. No, he's Irish, it's okay. He I is Irish. Inc- I can do that to my people. He's incredibly Irish. So Joker is, is out there. They've cancelled that, that Gotham police show, which is good. They're making an Arkham one instead. Fine. I'm A penguin show? I don't know how there is a penguin show coming, but there is. Obviously, I am most excited about... It's not explicitly tied in, but Reeves is reviving Batman in animation with J.J. Uh, Abrams and Bruce Timm. There's some comic people involved in that, so that's kind of cool. We'll see how that looks. 
there's yeah. a line from Wikipedia that I, I think we can end on that, you know, with the obvious caveat, I am not bothering clicking on this source material. I'm going to read the summary on Wikipedia. Patterson and Reeves have expressed interest in Robin, Court of Owls, Calendar Man, Mr. Freeze, and Hush. Yep. How do you feel about that? Someone's got to I mean, be able to have a good version of Hush, right? Like, it's got to be possible. Hush, Hush is right up their alley. Yeah. And, like, you know, they put the T's in there. Like, they fucking... Somebody was called Elliot, and that is that is the last name of uh, of Tommy Elliot, and it says Hush on the fucking screen for a second. You know, Riddler had a big hand in the Hush comic, so, you know, maybe they're going to go that way. Maybe do it right. Um, Calendar Man is, is fun, not as a main villain. Court of Owls, like, has to happen on a big screen eventually. It's the biggest thing to be added to Batman in since the 90s. Like, Bane and Harley Quinn are added in the 90s, and then nothing has stuck since then. Like, they obviously try and do new villains in comics all the time, and none of them stick. But Court of Owls was pretty fucking huge, so I can see that. It's interesting they're not afraid of the likes of a Robin or a Mr. Freeze which are you know on the not the sillier end but it's far more fantastical Mr. Freeze that is um and Robin you know some people have weirdly intense feelings about Robin (laughs) but you know I'm just game for whatever they want to show me really like they clearly have a vision and like I'd like to see where it goes I would say what I like most about these things that they're saying is that it feels like it lends itself to very different movies than what we just got and as someone who did not dislike the movie. That's not that's not a backhanded compliment. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I would like to see it, you know, we both have said, like, we'd like to see it change each time out. I don't want to just see this with a different villain. Like, no. <laughs> I think they've set a lot up. I think it has its own voice, for sure. There's a lot of directions they can go in. Joker's probably the least interesting one of them. <laughs> so I would say if there's something that I would like... Mm. is i know this was a very with very mixed results and rises is it does not need to pick up the next day i like i would say i wouldn't mind if they did you know red hood you know where it's like you you don't need to do a robin movie like that's the robin movie yeah (laughs) like and just make it 10 years like that doesn't have to be the next one i'm saying obviously but like there's no reason it has to be like this holy you know unified vision of a trilogy Mm. to be an effective trilogy i guess i wouldn't want it to jump in time as dramatically as as it you know begins tonight to rises but i could certainly get on board with like it's a year later and he's got robin now or something like that or like you know he just is bruce now we don't need to see it play out and like you know it that was kind of the whole point. It wasn't an origin story. Like, he arrives fully formed as Batman. So I would actually prefer not to see him taking, you know, his <laughs> workshopping what Bruce Wayne is. I'd like to just see him be Bruce Wayne. And, like, just let's just go with it and trust in Batman's ability to do that. Yeah, you know, a lot of interesting ways to go. I'm super glad it seems to have been very successful already and it will almost, you know, it will definitely get a sequel and everything. We have many, many thoughts about this movie uh, on the site. By the time you are hearing this, I think there will be a ranking of the Batman actors. We've already done our nine questions. The Superhero Pantheon have a podcast. I might revisit my hopes and fears that I wrote two years before the movie came out. Time will tell. And we're going to close with ranking the Batman Batman movies. Myself, Mike, Jerome, Ben. Some spicy, spicy takes (laughs) from that, undoubtedly. But... This has been another episode of the Tape Crusaders. I'll talk to Mike again in like, I don't know, six to eight months. Thank you for being my friend again for 45 minutes. Wow. (laughs) We talk every day. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go talk about basketball. The real hope is that we can record during a playoff game again. Oh, man. That's the idea. (laughs)
<laughs> just have some completely nonsensical basketball comments spread throughout. That's the dream. Get off the line. Charles Barkley's talking. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.